Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators, but no one compares. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. One, two, three, four! Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour podcast, Extra Bits, our little gift for you podcast subscribers. This week, we meet the man who founded the Good Man Project, and he tells us just why it's so important men truly start to understand the Me Too movement. Now, you cannot have missed the Me Too movement that blew up last year. Hundreds of thousands of women telling their stories of sexual assault. But in the middle of that, there was a quieter piece, which was men talking about their own assaults, men talking about their own experiences, uh, being the victims, playing part of the victims that spoke in Me Too rather than the perpetrators. They didn't get as much time or attention. Um, but one man is now trying to change that. It's Mark Green joining us on the line from New York now. Hi, Mark. Hi, how are you? It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> oh, thank you very much for joining us. Um, so tell us why we need to change, I guess, change the conversation around Me Too to make it include men as well. Well, you know, there's some mention in my book of this question of um, of men being victims of sexual assault, mm-hmm. of, uh, of sort of the challenges that men face in that way. Um, but the book itself is actually centers on one very specific question. And it's not so much that men are victims of sexual assault, although they are in pretty large numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the question it asks is why are men so alarmed by the Me Too movement? Mm. Uh, why are they alarmed by, uh, by women's stories of being assaulted? And, and I try to get to that question by asking men to really think hard about what they were taught about being men and how that's running up against the Me Too movement. What conclusions did you come to? Because I don't know if you saw this, but a couple of weeks ago here in the UK, Gillette, the razor brand, released an advert mm-hmm. um, which referenced the Me Too movement and men across oh, the yeah. country went crazy. So, men went crazy all over the US too. Yeah. What, what is it? What is, I guess, what's the motivation behind that? I, I don't understand it. Yeah, Help. yeah. Well, I think people broke evenly into two camps. Um, Some of us felt like that ad was uh, telling men that they're they're no good. Yeah. Is that what you thought, Mark? You didn't see that? No, no, no. I'll tell you what I saw. What I saw was an ad that said men can be heroes. 
Men can step in. Men can engage and and stop acts of um, sexual harassment uh, or or bullying. And, and for me, that message was very clear in that ad. So you have to begin to wonder, what is it about our culture of manhood that caused millions of men to be threatened by the opportunity to do better? Well, I think that's a cultural thing, isn't it? Because I, I, we had a big discussion on the show. And you oh, know, yeah. somebody like yourself, oh, yeah. Mark, you're, you know, you've been running the, the Good Man Project for a long time, writing about this, really trying to redefine modern masculinity. But I think there's an yeah. awful lot of men who just are not really listening to these conversations, not really privy to these conversations. So the, the uh, Gillette, ad were, Gillette ad was such a big shock to them that they were like, mm-hmm. just went massively on the defensiveness. And I, that that's one thing that did bother me about that ad is that I don't feel like it took men on a journey with us. I felt like it alienated a lot of men from the conversation. Well, and this is the challenge. There, there's a moment in the beginning of that ad that that use that that it's sort of garbled you can only half hear it but the phrase toxic masculinity is in there and i don't i don't use that term because i think it it's very causes a lot of reactivity but what i do talk about is something called man box culture and the man box was originally created by uh, paul kibble and the oakland men's project in the early 1980s and the way that they created this term you know they called it um uh, living in the man box uh, or the act like a man box was they, they were going to schools and they were talking to boys about what it means to be a man. And they kept hearing the same language, the same story over and over again. Men are supposed to be tough. Men are supposed to be breadwinners. Men are supposed to get all the girls. Men are supposed to be confident. But most of all, men are not supposed to show their emotions. Mm. And I can tell you, I, I went into a New York City public school room doing the same work uh, in the last six months, and I heard the same terms. So the, the man box culture is telling boys and men at a very early age that they should not be sharing uh, their emotional expression with anybody. And emotional expression is key to forming relationships. I absolutely so agree with a, you, Mark. it does a lot of damage. We're going to keep exploring this and what we mean, I guess, more about the man box and the damage it does. And I really want to talk to you about locker room talk as well what we mean by locker room talk and why it's damaging. All of that and more coming up after the break here on Badass Women's Hour XL. Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. We're talking to Mark Green, author of Remaking Manhood. Just before the break, Mark, we were talking about the man box and the effect that it is having on young men today. Can you tell us a little bit about just, I guess, some of the classic things that you see that are part of this man box that might just be passed off as oh boys being boys well i think the man box is is integral to mm-hmm. the behavior that we then you know permit uh, with the phrase you know boys will be boys what you have to understand about this man box culture and this idea that that you know men are tough and men don't share their emotions is this this conditioning kicks in right after our sons are born uh, we, we treat them differently than girl babies. We don't, uh, we, we don't pick them up as quickly when they start crying. There's a number of things that already happen when they're infants. But a woman named Judy Chu wrote a book called uh, When Boys Become Boys, and she was embedded in a pre-K class. And she tracked this uh, group of boys and girls for two years. And what she discovered is that already at age four, boys begin hiding their emotional acuity. They begin 
uh, playing this sort of indifferent character that society puts on men, uh, even at that early age. There's a little boy who comes to her and he says, uh, Miss Chu, um, I'm friends with all the girls, but but don't tell, uh, you know, Joe, the head of the boys club or he'll kick me out of the club and I won't have a club anymore. So the, it's bad enough that, that our sons are not really encouraged to have ongoing friendships with the girls at that age. But what you really have to track is that this little four-year-old boy already knows who the alpha is, mm-hmm. and he's already limiting his expression and connection in the world based on what he perceives that alpha is asking of him. And this goes on in boys' lives all through adolescence. Naomi Way wrote a book called Deep Secrets. She talks about how we we start to give the message to adolescent boys that if they really are deeply caring about their best friendships, the terms that are used is that's girly or gay. Don't do that. Disconnect from those relationships. Uh, the end result is epidemics of isolation. I know that the, the British government recently had a secretary post about loneliness, you know, mm. managing the epidemic of loneliness. Mm. Yeah, of loneliness. and loneliness is a killer. It's a killer. It, it, it literally is this. It, people who are chronically lonely, and in America, the AARP did a survey, one in three uh, Americans age 45 and older are chronically lonely. Cigna did a survey last year, one out of every two Americans say they're either sometimes or always alone. It's equivalent to smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. It'll kill you. And the man box trains our sons out of authentic connection, and it does it in one very specific way. It, it's that language where if boys aren't doing it right, they get called sissies, they get called girls. So in that very moment, we both strip boys of the trial and error time mm-hmm. to develop relational capacities, and we denigrate women. Boom, in that same moment. Now, so Mark, right. listening to you, I, I completely agree with everything that you've said, but my mind then rolls to, but we don't have enough of volume of examples of men behaving in an alternative way and still succeeding. And even if mm-hmm. we, we think of some, they're, they're, moment, they're moments. And so part of this is about creating a new narrative and creating mm-hmm. uh, a different story and giving both men and women, boys and girls, the language to understand who they are based on something they have never seen or experienced. Um, so I'm thinking about in, you know, I'm thinking about movies and I'm thinking about music and I'm thinking about video games and I'm thinking about all the things that they see. They're not seeing this alternative role. So it's really hard, other than through parenting, it's really hard to figure out what you're going to be like based on the fact that most of us role model what we've seen how, how, how we behave is we behave how we've seen other people behave so you know yes. kids role yeah. modeling what they see from their parents and and you know see out out in the world and so i don't know it's not a sense of hopelessness but it's almost a well where how? where do you start how yeah 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 well i it it may not surprise you to know that that my partner and I have also written a book called The Relational Book for Parenting, and that's right. out there. You can Google it. We talk about how to grow this in the family, and you're exactly right that it is in conversation, in the back and forth of relating in family, that we can encourage our sons to stay in touch with who they are in authentic ways, to grow their capacity to relate. 
But I also want you to know there is a very powerful force in the world that simply does not see a, a positive bottom line for the man box, yeah. and that is corporations. Yeah. Corporations are beginning to look for people who know how to collaborate across difference, who know how to relate with people from other cultures and other societies, who know how to be empathetic, who know how to co-create. And they're looking for people with those capabilities, and they're training people how to step outside this man box culture and approach their own performance of manhood in a different way. And that's the purpose of the little Me Too book for men, because the problem we face, and you just described it, is that men don't see culture. They believe who they are as men is identity for them. And if we can get them to take a look at what culture has been telling them mm. and create just a little wedge of daylight between who they think their identity is mm. and what culture has been telling them, it's in that little wedge of daylight that they can start to create change. And believe me, man box culture is killing men, it's beating our brains out, and it's killing women. And if we don't make a change in terms of this, none of us are going to have uh, the rich, full, authentic, connected lives that we are hardwired to have, that we deserve to have. Mark, I just want to bring it back to the, the Me Too movement. I've had um, a, f a number of conversations with men about the Me Too movement, and their pushback to me is always, I think it's great, but what concerns me is all the false allegations and every single mm -hmm. time we talk about me too it's always this big concern about false mm -hmm. allegations and i'm not joking nearly every single man i've had a conversation about me too that's one is their biggest fear and two mm -hmm. they think that the majority they just don't believe women and i don't know if that's your mm -hmm. experience and why men are so consumed with thinking that they're the majority of women, women are just lying, lying. Mm -hmm. Uh, and what we do right. about that. Yeah, I, I actually have a chapter about the false allegation issue. Uh, the false allegation, any false criminal allegation is extremely rare yeah. because the, the actual penalty for making a false allegation is pretty catastrophic. Uh, the people, there, there are people who push back against all sorts of stories around Me Too. The, the CDC in America, the Center for Disease Control, estimates that one in five women are, are, women are rape survivors in the U.S., and, and that's somewhere around 25 million women. Mm -hmm. And there are actually people in the world, in the men's universe, who debate those numbers. And, and I'm, I'm trying to understand in that moment what kind of culture of manhood would debate the number of millions of women raped – Instead of how to end it, how to end this, mm -hmm. this problem, if men are, are worried about false allegations, it is because they are looking for a way to stay out of the solution. When men, when men talk about false allegations, it is a way to allow themselves to stay out for a little longer. Mark, is it but staying all... out or is it protectionism? So you know, I'm thinking about um, in the notes when it says what prompted you to write this book and you're talking about Kavanaugh and uh, the outpouring mm -hmm. of support for Kavanaugh. I think men look across mm -hmm. and they go, but that's a guy like my buddy. That's the guy that looks like me. If it happens to him, it could happen, it could to, happen me. to me. And so it's, it's protectionism that uh, then breeds the, well, you know, it can't be true. And, and what happens if? 
and then it and it's also the reality that, that just somewhere along the line they've done something that they are now looking at and, and going they, ooh, was that okay yeah, exactly so protectionism yeah, but, fear but for the grace of all God, of this that just could be me yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it just well, it just breeds I, I, I a cycle i want to say there are there are millions of men who believe women and who are adamant about believing women and and i i think the challenge we have is to get men to look at what they've been taught about women. Mm -hmm. And culture teaches men that women are less. And it teaches men that if they're going to be real men, they have to be a dominant, they have to live in this dominant pecking order culture of manhood. And if you cannot connect in authentic ways with your friends in manhood, and we can't because we're taught not to do that, then we do the surface level man box hierarchy stuff, which includes doing this male privilege sort of putting women down, mm. uh, locker room talk, right? That's how we're taught to, to bond. And we get rewarded for that in these social structures, right? Mm -hmm. But I will tell you that millennials are not buying into this stuff like, like baby boomers did. Yeah. There is a shift going on. Stay-at-home dads are a massive source of change mm -hmm. because they're breaking all of the rules of the man box. We have uh, uh, corporate America is saying, look, we need to learn to – to, to connect and communicate and create a culture of equality because that's a more productive, profitable context in which to do business. But the guys who are loudest and the guys who are the alpha males and the angry ones, and believe me, we've got them here. In fact, we've, we've got one in the White House. <laughs> are screaming bloody murder at this point, right? Mark, and they're going to be loudest just before the dawn, I think. What's the one thing, just quickly, that if a man is listening to this right now and thinking, actually, I want to break out of the man box, what's the one thing they should be doing? They should be, uh, they should be seeking more authentic conversations with other men and mm -hmm. forming real connection. And there are men's organizations that do that. The Mankind Project is one of them, and I know they are oh, in Europe as well as the U.S. Yep. You know, I mean, you've got you to gotta fix this isolation, this devastating isolation that all men are living with. And if men do nothing but police each other's performance of manhood, then we don't trust each other and yeah. we don't connect. And it's in that isolation that a lot of anger and resentment and uh, and frustration with everyone around us starts to happen. Mm, yeah. Mark, thank you so much for joining us tonight and oh, just like giving oh. us a lovely breath of fresh man air. We have really <laughs> enjoyed it. Thank you. Mark Green is the author of Remaking Manhood, which is out now. Gentlemen, go and buy it. Goodbye, go learn. One, two, three, four. This has been the Badass Women's Hour podcast with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton. If you want to hear more from us, you can come follow us on social media at Badass Women's Hour HR um, or leave us a review and tell us how much you love us. We really need to feel the love. Five stars should do it. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.